It's Thursday, October 7th, 2021. And today we're talking about AutoLeap drives into an $18 million US round. Dapper Labs buys Lil Michaela. Class schedules $28 million in coconut software. And our lightning round, Sandpaper Ventures makes a first close on its new fund. And Interac acquires the rights to secure key in Canada. Let's get started. First, AutoLeap drives into an $18 million US round. What is the news here, Alex? Well, I think you already said what it was, but AutoLeap just closed an $18 million US round from Bain Capital. This is just nine months after announcing a $5 million seed round. Uh, the other participant was Threshold Ventures, who led the previous round. Okay, so that escalated quickly. How did they raise so much so soon? Well, I, I think there's three things they've done. One is there's signs of product market fit via rapid revenue growth in the last nine months. So they claim that they have 10 times the customer base they had nine months ago and five times the revenue. So that's pretty rapid growth indicates product market fit. And Two, the customer this, base here are mechanics? They're mechanics. They're auto shops. So what? what so maybe taking a step back, what AutoLeap does is they're trying to modernize, the, they're trying to be the operating system for auto repair shops. So they have a SaaS software that acts like the operating system and helps mechanics with um, the workflow for sales process. So customer quotes, estimates, invoices, the backend processes such as accounting, inventory management, and sales and marketing, such as CRM, scheduling, and communication. So um, a one-stop shop software to make your mechanics a bit more modern. Got it. Uh, okay, um, so we were talking about they've reached a lot more mechanics, yeah. a lot more auto body shops. Uh, what else has helped them grow so quickly? Two things. One is Steve and Ramiz, uh, the founders of AutoLeap, are very investable. This is a team that had previously bought a company in an adjacent space for $30 million, a vertical SaaS business helping uh, technicians, and they grew it and had an exit in three years for $100 million. So they're, they're basically taking the same play playbook they had before, and instead of buying a company, they're starting one from scratch and applying it to a new vertical. So as a VC, you look at them and go, hey, these guys have done this before. This is a, the risk here is they're taking something from the HVAC space to the you know auto auto mechanical space, but they have a playbook. They, they can work together. They made money. Let's let's go behind. Let's get back back behind them. And then last, this is a massive market. You know, the, the team claims it's a seven hundred billion dollar industry with one million technicians and three hundred thousand shops. So I don't think you know seven hundred billion is what's probably spent in those shops, but there's still three hundred thousand shops. Trust so me, I know my the air conditioning on my uh, two thousand and eight Acura just went out. I spent a lot on that. Was it worth? Doing the work, or should you just like sold the car and got a new Let's one? Let's not ask too many deep questions here, okay? It's done. We've done it. We fixed it up. So it's a big market, but is that market growing? I don't think so. I, I think this actually is a market with a lot of headwinds. Um, supposedly, we're going to have autonomous vehicles, and if you talk to the Fords and the GMs of the world, they see those autonomous vehicles are going to lead to like you know mobility as a service. And finally, you, have, you also have these things called electric vehicles. This company, Tesla, you may have heard of, mm -hmm. has been pushing those. And, and those... Never heard of Tesla, but this Rivian th seems like the real deal. Well, I, it's Gaddock you have to worry about. They're doing okay. the trucks. Um, they're Canadian. Um, but like, if you look at EVs, a lot less moving parts, a lot different repairs. So both those appear to be headwinds. Less owners, less needs uh, to go into a shop. So again, that's the future. And is that future in three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Who knows? But it does, like... As of someone that looks at the industry, I'm like, okay, this, these are fundamental changes to the value chain. Sure, but Stephen Ramiz will be long gone from technicians and HVAC and auto body repair shops by then. They'll be they'll be somewhere else, or maybe they'll help make the adjustment. 
Oh, I like that. So why does the TechTO community care about this particular news with AutoLeap? So first of all, this is, you know, re you know, reestablishes the belief in the community and, and globally that's easy to raise money. Here's a company that's raised $23 million in its first, you know, let's call it year of after launching. Um, and those headlines get all the attention but very few teams actually manage to pull this off. I'd say for every headline like you see this, there's another 15 to 20 companies that will eventually raise. It's much more painful. It's a lot, a lot less money. This is just the right combination of an experienced team, traction, and a massive market. So read this headline, celebrate for the team. Don't expect it to be your team. Um, second of all, this is rapid adoption, great raise. My guess is they're worth probably $100 million because they've raised 18, so just times it by five. That actually gets you 90, but doesn't mean they're going to actually win the space. This is another company in the right place, vertical SaaS, um, but there's competitors that raise money. Um, there's a company called, I think it's called uh, Monkey Shop or something like that, uh, that has raised $110 million from Bessemer Index and has been around since 2016. Hmm. And, and, and finally, you know, just because you're not this team and not this industry, what can you learn about raising money? Um, first of all, momentum, sustainable customer and revenue growth trumps all. If you can show that you're going rapidly, the customers aren't churning, you'll get attention from VCs no matter what you're doing. Second of all, having a strong hypothesis on how you can address a problem in a large market will, again, get, create interest. For, so you can say, here's a large market. Here's why something's changed. This is why there's an opportunity here and there's a good ROI for customers. Another way to close around. And finally, if you can say how your experience as a founder is relevant to the business you're building, these are, you, you again, you'll enhance your chance, chance of raising. So you might not be able to raise $23 million quickly, but you can look at what the three levers were here and see how it applies and put that as part of your fundraising story. I love that. Great. Maybe not founder market fit, but definitely founder business model fit here. I would agree with you 100%. So if you love keeping up to date on how companies like AutoLeap and the leaders like AutoLeap co-founders Steve and Ramiz are shaping the Canadian tech scene, you've got to subscribe to the TechTO newsletter. Alex, what can our subscribers expect in tomorrow's edition? Oh, there's going to be some interesting articles, some juicy articles about um, how to tell your narrative. Oh, interesting. Like your personal narrative, your uh, company Either. narrative. It talks about narratives and why they're more important than ever in the tech industry. Hmm. And narrative, of course, just being jargon for telling a story. Yes, but again, it's how you tell it. It's how you tell it. Okay, excited. And that's part of uh, Alex's top picks uh, reads of the week? Correct. Very nicely done. All right, next up, Dapper Labs buys Lil Michaela and is going to be offering new tools for DAOs. Alex, I know that she's your uh, favorite Instagram follower, but for those who might not know, who is Lil Michaela? Well, before we get into that, if I wrote this sentence 18 months ago, would you <laughs> wonder, how much of this would you understand? <laughs> buys. I think I would do I would buys. So, 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 um, Lil Michaela is a digital influencer started by a company called Brud. So they said, hey, you know, there's all the technology out there. Let's create digital social media influencers. And so she's one of their characters. She's the most famous one. She has a huge following on social media. And did they buy just her as a character? Or they buy the whole company and their they, whole roster of characters. So Dapper bought, bought the company called Brud. Got it. Okay. 
Now, is Dapper Labs going to be turning these characters like Lil Michaela into NFTs? We've talked a lot about what they've done with the NBA and other IP. Um, is that the plan here? I don't think so. Look, it wouldn't surprise me if they do it, but it's not the reason they bought this company. Okay, so why don't you tell me why? So this appears to be a talent acquisition um, to launch Dapper Collectives, which we'll get into in a second. Um, at, you know, Dapper, so the, the team behind Brud, the founder is actually one of the most high-profile co-founders of a DAO out there. So he has experience. He has a technology, you know, technology mindset. He has a team. He has a credibility. So this was their ability to boots to launch a Dapper Collective. And okay, so we've been talking a lot about NFTs on the show, but we have not been talking very much about DAOs yet. So why don't we talk about what is a DAO DAO? So it's an abbreviation for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Uh, that's, again, so what does that mean? Uh, so they are the crypto and native answer to corporations. So me and you work for corporations or partnerships. The crypto world has created these DAOs to replace those and allows a group of individuals to collaborate on long-term projects. Um, you can think of them predominantly right now as online communities where participants get an ownership stake in the organization. So they get usually a token and work on a common goal. Goal. It could be an investment club, it could be a governance of a DeFi project. So again, that's where it's like a corporation. It could be many things, but it, this is a way to organize and incentive people to work together on a project. Or God, I mean, it's similar to you have an employment contract and there's governance in an organ and a in a company, yeah. but uh, maybe it's not so transparent. Uh, and of course, that can change at any time. And here in a DAO, that is uh, more easily accessible by everybody. And I think the rules are uh, not as malleable. Yeah, and I, I think the two things here is what is the idea is that everyone gets ownership. So maybe mm -hmm. instead of getting options in the company, you're getting a token based on whatever rules are set. And it's also decentralized. So there's no CEO or CTO hypothetically. So right. it's, you know, web, web, web three or crypto's version to how companies should run. So the, the, why does Dapper Labs want to help build other DAOs? Shouldn't they be so, focusing sort of on their own? So I, I think, look, first of all, starting and running a DAO is not easy and it just sucks, right? So this whole idea behind Dapper Collectives is to make it easy. It's, it's you know, and, and they're going to do it two ways. They're going to create tools that allow creators to, to launch, do everything themselves and provide professional services to help establish communities make the transition. So why, why does Dapper want to do this? Which, as you asked originally, I think it's, there's a couple strategic reasons. Um, first, they're not helping people build down any flo any blockchain. They're building on the flow, which is the blockchain they created for NFTs. So more use of their blockchain, the more ability they have to monetize it, the more relevant it is, the more become prominent position in the whole crypto world. Second of all, if Dapper's tools are a place where all DAOs form, this could have a significant influence over the future of the Web 3.0 technology. Could you imagine being the place and the tools everyone uses to start corporations? How big of an impact would that you have on basically the economy? That's really cool. So if you're a Canadian entrepreneur, uh, why do you care about this one? Well, first of all, if you had any doubts about Web 3.0, NFTs, and DAOs, uh, they're here to stay. So as a founder, I still have my doubts. I still have my doubts. But look, I, my view is they might not take over the whole internet and all business, but there's going to be a place for them. There's going to be a need for them, and mm -hmm. I think you you have to go down the rabbit hole and understand what's going on. You don't have to become an expert, mm -hmm. but you have to understand the implications. I also think for our government, who's trying to help the innovation economy and help the economy in general, if they've had trouble with Facebook and Apple <laughs> and Google. 
they have to get their mind wrapped around this sooner and lot later because the implications for society are huge on DAOs. Um, what else can I take away? What I find very interesting is here's a centralized tech startup mm -hmm. that's basically helping people create DAOs. Um, it's sort and, of um, uh, at opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah. right? A, a centralized creator of a decentralized community. And it's and it's and yeah, and it's very interesting because of any company I've seen out there helping Web 3.0 come into place, it is it is Dapper Labs. Mm -hmm. Like they they've helped consumers get onto NFTs by creating the flow blockchain and getting the IP that interests people. So Topshop probably brought more people into NFTs than anything than anything else. Yeah. And now they're making it easier for corporations to create DAOs. So here's a centralized organization that says we believe in the future and we're to be like the hub and the the nexus for it. So come here and start building on it yourself um it. yeah and then you know like I, I think the other thing here is an interesting play um they bought brud which not for the social media influencer but for the talent and what the talent had shown interest in so mm. encourage encourages founders everyone's fighting for talent how can you get creative and where you acquire that talent and it doesn't need to have someone that's right in your space but someone that's doing adjacent space and has credibility go go buy their company uh, great, great insights. And uh, Alex, you're going to love this. On Wednesday, October 13th, we're actually hosting a Founder Fundamentals AMA. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Picasso said, when art critics get together, they talk about form and structure and meaning. But when artists get together, they talk about where you can buy cheap turpentine. And this Founder Fundamentals is for real artists who want to talk cheap turpentine you got to come out and ask the unsexy questions that you want to know, but are too afraid to ask, like, when do I incorporate? Do I need insurance? How do I pay my employees? How do I find talent? And much, much more. You got to RSVP now at techtio.org. You excited? I'm excited. Are you going to be there, Jason? Of course. I wouldn't miss it for the world. You know where else I'm going to be? Where? On Monday, October 18th, we're going to see you in real life for an exciting patio dinner at Toronto's favorite container destination, Stacked. Tickets include food and a drink, and we're gonna hear from tons of special guests all night long. Uh, we did one of these in August, and it was so much fun. Alex, who can we expect to hear from uh, at this patio dinner in Toronto? Well, Kushbu from uh, Properly. Uh, uh, so not Properly, Buy, uh, buy, what, buy, buy Properly. properly. Um, I think you've got uh, Ivan from, uh, what's it called? He's at the Stripe is AI or AI is Stripe. Uh, God, you put me in the spot. I can't remember the company. I don't remember the lineup because I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be in Vancouver. That's right. Okay. I, that's a great excuse so, because on, on Wednesday, you're going to be in Vancouver with William Johnson and the whole Tech Together Vancouver family at the Roundhouse Community Arts and Recreation Center. Again, tickets are going to be inclusive of so much fun with a lot of special guests, see, including you. Yeah, and I can give you that lineup because I'm preparing to actually do the firesides. I don't have to do the firesides in Toronto. So Okay, who are you going to be talking with there so, in Vancouver? Uh, Kim Kaplan from Snack. So if you want to know about the future of dating, you have to be, you know, you have to listen to Kim. Mm -hmm. You got Sohae from Rails. So that's an API fintech company. And then yeah. uh Surge from Visual Ping. So if you want to watch what's going on the web and be notified when something changes, you have to hear and meet Surge. So I'm ready for those firesides, Jason. You, I, you, who, sound, gonna, you sound prepared. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I can't remember who I'm, you know, I'm going to be on a plane on Monday. You have Amazing. to take those firesides. All right, let's keep the momentum here. Next up, class schedules $28 million in coconut software. Who's participating in this raise, Alex? So 
you've got class capital reading it and all uh, leading it and all previous existing investors have come in for uh, more another uh, more equity uh, so in, information venture partners scale up ventures connexus venture capital fund and bay partners so it's cat class has led it and but there's a lot of participants and of course, longtime Tech Together members uh, will recall Coconut Software hanging out in Toronto in 2016 or something before they raised the round. Uh, but maybe remind our new members, what does Coconut Software do? So Saskatoon-based Coconut Software is used by financial institutions to deliver an appointment scheduling experience that results in fewer no-shows, higher NPS, and better conversion rates. So basically, if you're gonna to talk to a financial institution, Odds are that Coconut Software is behind it. And why are you excited about this raise? Well, I, you know, the company seems to have momentum. They've grown 100% year over year for three years. But this was led by Class Capital. I love Dan Class, great firm. But they're more of a growth equity firm instead of venture capital firm. So I'm trying, you know, I find what is going on here? Like, what, you know, what does this mean? And when I look at the partner classes, they're a company that has patience. They figure ways to cross-sell to run more efficiently and but they don't want downside they're not taking a venture capital swing for the fences so looks like coconuts found a lucrative niche um imagine financial institutions don't change providers often um but it doesn't it's probably not a huge like they're not we're not going to be talking about coconut as a as a unicorn Interesting. And you think that's signaled by the uh, investors who have participated? Yes. And it's the same investors. So I guess it's the same insight that well, you would have had last new, round. No, as well. no, it's a new lead. The rest mm -hmm. are venture capital firms. So, like, it, like class, class capital is growth equity. Got it. Right. So, you know, the equivalent of venture capital firm would be like if Georgian or Inovio was leading this round, it would be a different interpretation. Got it. So tell me, why are you paying attention to, uh, to this raise? What's interesting here? Well, I guess the takeaway for uh, founders here is not every startup that grows quickly will be a unicorn. And it doesn't have to be. But the key thing as a founder is you got to get the right long invest, the right, the right investors aligned with you so that they, they're happy with the outcomes. So, you know, founders basically I've seen had two bad outcomes from startups. One, the idea doesn't work out. That's a risk we take. You know, that's what seed stage is for or pre-seed. Not every idea will execute. You know, there'll be market for it. You won't be able to execute against it. And the second idea, the second problem people have is the company works out, but their interests are not aligned with investors. So if you have an investor that says, hey, I'm investing this for a $10 billion outcome, and you get the outcome that's like, you know, 50 million annual revenue, the company's worth 300 million, that's a victory. But your investors are saying, hey, we need to figure a way to double down and, and take the chance that this is, um, this can grow faster because we don't care if it goes to zero. Well, they do care, but like, it's not what, and uh, you know, two baggers, three baggers, not what the outcome they want. So I think it's just a reminder that when you raise money, just because a venture firm you've heard a lot about is, sounds exciting and you, know, you want to be partnered with them, they might not be the right partner. Make sure you understand what interest, economic interest, and what the, your venture partners or your investors want out of that relationship and, and get, make sure you get the right ones aligned with you. Well, I can't wait for Catherine to prove you wrong and for this to be a billion dollar plus outcome. And would you uh, invest, Jason? Uh, and for and for class and everybody to uh, reference this video and talk about Alex missing the boat on this one. I'll take my chances. I love it. Uh, if you want to join a community of Canadian tech founders, entrepreneurs, and investors, 
like Dan from Class or Catherine from Coconut, you've got to join the techto.org insider membership program. Alex and I are there every single day answering your questions, connecting you to the community and helping grow the tech ecosystem in Canada. Alex, who have you met recently in the insider program? Uh, Robbie Bent. Uh, Tell me about Robbie Bent. He's got um, a software that helps you control your breath better. It's called Inward Breathing. Um, he has an app, but he also has a location. So he's invited actually our team to go check out the location. So might go later this month. Can't wait. I'm excited. Focus on our breath. And now the lightning round. First up, Sandpaper Ventures uh, marks its first close on its new fund. What's going on here, Alex? Sandpaper Ventures closed $10 million of a planned $20 million fund. And it's it's been... Uh, it's exists to invest in women-led companies and startups, and it's based out of Atlantic Canada. And why do you care? Well, you know, this goes back to we talk about inclusivity and diversity, and how women-led companies have less venture capital. The best way to solve that is by having funds dedicated with mm -hmm. women LP, so women GPs, because it's been proven that women VCs will much more likely invest in women-led -led companies. So, and I also like the fact that it's Atlantic Canada, so it's like. Hey, you know, 10 million or 20 million, if they get there, will be go much further than that, those ecosystems in Canada. So let's make a difference where we can. And it's exciting to see this stuff get funded. And do you think this is um, part of a trend that you see in the venture capital community? Uh, you know, w uh, women focused start, uh, funds? Yes and no. Um, I see it more of a trend in Canada than globally. Like there is women led early stage funds in the States, but they're usually more of a coalitions mm -hmm. where there's a bunch of like operating angels that work together and have a sort of a loose fund. But in Canada, I can name a few funds. Like you've got a stand-up ventures in Toronto. You got the 51 out in Alberta. Um, and I think partially is being driven by the LPs in Canada who a lot are more uh, government LPs that can act as a base to get these, these funds stood up. Awesome. And I hope the access to capital is going to change some of the inclusion and diversity of our winners in the country. Okay, last up for today, Interac acquires rights to SecureKey. Canadians all know who Interac is. But who is SecureKey? SecureKey is a Canadian startup that has previously raised 90 million Canadian from investors. The last one was 27 million. It was led by, you know, or had participation from six the six largest Canadian banks. So mm -hmm. Secure Key looked like a hot Canadian company, looked like it was doing well. And then you have this kind of obs hidden, obscure announcement that sort of got put on the press release, got a bit of attention. The language is kind of, you know, not clear, but it looks like Interact acquired Secure Key's customers' IP and technology for digital identification in Canada. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. And why is why do you care about this one? Well, first of all, like I said, SecureKey like was one of those companies that everyone thought was doing well, and this leads me to believe that it's basically their assets all got acquired and there's I don't know how much is left. Like again, this could be something where there's a lot of stuff going underneath that they haven't announced. Mm -hmm. But if you look at their website, their customers are almost all Canadian. Um their success seems well Canadian. Now you have 
interact buying the you know ip customers i know this reminds me kind of like that press release when kira sold the business and then yeah. a couple weeks later you know the team was back at it with uh yeah so this this so this is where i debate like i'm trying to read between the leaves here is this something that's you know that's basically imploded and we should be talking about as a community like what happened here or is this something like they're like with a kira announcement that was very clear that they spun out i like again it was a different structurally different so there might be some assets here that's they're that they don't want people to know about because it's like it's their future revenue and they've got lots of progress and they're going to just sort of put on, but like this just did not this felt like a very uh, unsatisfying ending to what i thought was a very promising company interesting okay so i think uh i'd love to keep a little pulse check on this one alex as we learn more maybe we'll update the community on what you found here yeah well we'll, we'll see hopefully there'll be more information i love it thanks alex wow what a week in canadian tech if you haven't already, you've got to like and subscribe to Tech.io wherever you're watching or listening, and we're going to see you on the inside.